You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Have a very Merry Christmas. Ho, 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 ho. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. To expect the unexpected, Reindeer Games, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series, PoppyChuloRadio pop culture on demand. Today is Tuesday, December 12th, 2023, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on CBS's big brother, Reindeer Games. Please welcome my holly jolly co-host, Sansa's little helper, Michael Pena. What's up, people, and happy Merry Holidays. I love it. I love it. Now, I do have a couple little odds and ends from the premiere that I did not reference that I want to make sure I reference at the start so I did not forget again. The first thing is we have a little animated, very brief opening intro that I will just say I think is adorable. It's very reminiscent of, like, you know, like the Frosty the Snowman holiday specials and that kind of stuff. Uh, it was really cute, and I love that they have each of, uh, you know, these uh, Big Brother alum, you know, animated and, and doing wintry, merry, snowy things. So I just wanted to say that. I thought it was cute. Um, it, it's nice. I also love all of the Christmas graphics that they used. Like, everything. From even, like, the B-roll footage of, like... The hot cocoa and the marshmallows, or the hot apple cider, or the the making of the gingerbread people and all that kind of stuff. I think all of that is really cutesy. And all the graphics, like the snow and like the candy canes and all, and, and poinsettias and all that kind of stuff. All that is really, really cute. And the other thing that I wanted to reference that I didn't mention last time, like one of the challenges was about this this uh, North Pole DJ, DJ Scroogey. And... Um, when I, when, first of all, when DJ Scroogey popped out and scared the shit out of everybody, because everybody jumped, that shit was hilarious. And then they got into, like, a twerk-off, which was spectacular. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, I wonder if DJ Scroogey knows fucking Bowie Jane. But anyway, I don't know if all DJs know each other. You know what I'm saying? Would have been funny if it was. Could you imagine if it was fucking Bowie Jane under the, oh my God. the fake marshmallow DJ Scroogey thing? Yeah. I loved it. But just to co-sign real quickly, I love the intro. I normally hate it. It was very different, and I, I, I'm here for it. Yeah, it's brief, so I think that's why you like it. It's not long, um, and it just has everybody all animated, which uh, props to them. I have no idea how long that took to make, but props to them for the budgets. Like I said uh, the last time that we recorded, I feel like they used all the money that BB-25 had left over, because clearly BB-25 did not do much with that budget. But um, they, they used all that money that was left over, and they... They spruced up the lodge, and they've got, uh, you know, they've got new animation and shit. Like, props to them. Yeah, it looks good. The house looks good. The uh, 
graphics look good. So let's get into this episode. So yesterday's episode, the premiere, um, I think there's going to be like a like a clothing theme every episode. Last time it was like ugly holiday sweaters. This time it's like the cozy Christmas pajamas. And everybody gets back into Sansa's Lodge. It is day two. Cameron from BB25 was sent ho ho home. And so it leaves eight players in the mix. Jordan, as one of Sansa's elves, returns and she announces the naughty and nice challenge. Once again, it looks like all these naughty and nice challenges might be sort of puzzle-ish, word puzzles and that kind of stuff. This time around, it has to deal with cranky carolers. There is a set list that Santa has, and unfortunately, his carolers only want to sing one song, and they've ripped up the music sheets for the rest of the songs, and they have been spread throughout Santa's Lodge. So... There are a lot of songs. I didn't even count how many, but it looked like it was at least 20. But there are, so there's like music sheets for many, many, many songs in the house. And the house guests or the lodge members, uh, they have to figure out which is the one song that the cranky carolers will sing. Now, let's just say everybody wanted to throw it. Why? Because, as we saw in the premiere, if you win the Naughty and Nice Challenge, you get the Naughty and Nice Power, which means you get something beneficial, something advantageous in the Jingle Bell Brawl, but then you also have to assign someone a disadvantage. And according to Jordan, this was going to be a massive power that would be incredibly beneficial to the winner. So, at the end of it all, Cody won the power. He correctly answered Deck the Halls, and uh, he assigned the naughty disadvantage to Taylor. We're going to get into the teams and that extra stuff in a moment, because I want to get into that strategy separately. So let's talk about this naughty and nice challenge. I liked it. Um, you know, this is going to be a recurring theme with uh, the Reindeer Games. I am loving the competitions. I was incredibly scared, as I said during the premiere, that this was going to be, like, the challenge. And it was just going to be physical competitions. Physical, 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 physical. And if you look at the cast, I said it before and I'm going to say it again, and I say this with love to a lot of these alumni, not a lot of them are good with physical challenges. I'm just saying. So I was like, is it going to be balanced? And it is. Where the hell were these people when they were making the challenges for BB-25 when they had a 63-year-old woman in there and a 50-plus woman in there? But anyway, so let's talk about this. What did you think of it? Uh, do you like these time, these types of like uh, brain teaser type of uh, uh, challenges? And uh, were you surprised, Mr. Pena, that at least half of them wanted to throw it? Yeah, uh, let's go with the, the type of challenge it was. I, I liked it. I love the fact it's more mental. It levels the playing field more rather than having somebody having a really big advantage. And it made it entertaining. It was fun. It kept on theme. I liked it. I enjoyed it. They need to keep that up, and I'm pretty sure they will. Now, them throwing it, you know, 
because you saw, right, what with Brittany, it kind of showed her car, like, who she's going after. And that's a for sure, you know, line drawn in the sand. And they saw it wasn't much of an advantage. So their fear is, like, is it even worth it now? Is it really that big of a disadvantage to give and that big of an advantage to receive? So it's interesting to see the optics on how that played out. But on the other hand, kind of win regardless, right, because you don't know what it's going to be. And I like the fact that Cody was like, I'll, I'll take this. I'll take anything at this point now going forward because he's now seen as a threat. And he, you know, he's already, as we, uh, I think it was in the beginning of the episode, I can't remember, where they talked about, you know, he, Taylor saying his name. Frankie, right, had mentioned his season. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like, I, I think from that point on, he was already on edge. So, like, this is him kind of going balls to the wall in a sense. Like, I need to start winning to the end now. But it was cool to see that it was interesting to see how half didn't want it and how the other half, or really, like, two people, right, like, really wanted it. What about you? Did that throw you off on them not wanting to win it? And how do you feel with these games now kind of being a more edge towards mental than physical? You know, you're right, because I said half wanted it, half didn't. Really, only two people wanted it. And that's hilarious. Um, as far as, like, the people throwing it, at the end of the day, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, and they basically said this uh, as they were, you know, giving their take as to why they wanted to throw it. For the most part, giving the disadvantage is is a disadvantage to yourself because it shows your cards. And like, who really wants to do that day two? Although this is an accelerated game, so at the end of the day, you do have to end up showing your cards. But uh, after what sort of happened to Brittany, even though she didn't really get any, um, like, there was no payback for her, but what she had to go through and, like, specifically, you know, put a target on Cody, like, nobody really wanted to do that again. So this was interesting. It was that everybody pretty much was like, I I don't want this. Cody was gunning for it. uh, And basically Danielle was sort of gunning for it. Can I also just say, the fact that everybody was running around like batshit crazy people, and Danielle was just calmly going from room to room, like looking at the the uh, music sheets, I love that. You know, because sometimes slow and steady wins the race. It didn't this time. But, you know, I liked her... Um, it was interesting to see her gameplay, you know, because everybody was, like, really running around the house, or the lodge, I should say, like a chicken with their head cut off. Um, yeah. This was a, a good game. It was a little difficult just because there were so many songs, and I could easily see, like, myself, as well as the house guests, or the lodge guests, you know, getting sort of tripped up over, like, did I see that song? Did I not see that song? This, that, or the other. I will also say, hearing Brittany, not Brittany, hearing uh, Franzel try to say, oh, come, all ye faithful, chef's kiss, and then later on, when poor Cody did not even know what the Jingle Bell Brawl was, because <laughs> Silver Bell Brawl, Jingle Ball Brawl, that was hilarious. I'm so glad they kept that stuff in. Uh, because I often wonder, like, how do they remember Same. that stuff, you know? It and was awesome. It was amazing. It was majestic. Okay, so uh, a good competition. It, it was a really well-done competition, and, I, I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm going to give so much praise to these competitions. Big Brother, please use some of these competitions. Remix them and make them appropriate for next season. Come on. I hope that's what you're doing. I hope you're testing out competitions. 
because these are some good-ass competitions. So, Jordan is back, as I mentioned, and she informs Cody, the winner of the Naughty and Nice Challenge, that he has a huge power. And I'm going to be honest, this is a huge power. Like, I watched the Holiday Baking Championship on uh, the Food Network. Like, I love those baking championships. It's entertaining for me. And they do a similar power there where you get to pick the teams and this and the other. And it's like a huge advantageous power. And so Cody has this majestic, magical, cheerful power where, you know, he learns that at the Jingle Bell Brawl, the house will be split in half. There are eight uh, lodge members, so there will be two teams of four. Cody can pick his team. So that leaves the other four to be a team by themselves. And on top of that, Cody has to give a disadvantage to someone. And let's be for real, he's not going to give himself or his team a disadvantage. So it's going to be the other team. And unfortunately for that team, it's a disadvantage not just for said person that gets the disadvantage that's on the naughty list. It's a disadvantage for the entire team. So just... Face value, after Jordan said that, this is a massive power. This is the type of power that can cement your win so that you do not have to go to Santa's showdown. We get to see some strategery. Jordan leaves and allows Cody to chat with basically everybody in the house. And, I mean, clearly, Cody was going to pick Frankie. You know, that's his ride or die. What do they call them? The two turtle doves. Like, they, they are super tight. Clearly, they are an alliance. So, of course, they're going to be together. And then that just, you know, leaves Cody to pick two more people. He was leaning towards X. And uh, then once X um, mentions that they should pick someone cerebral, may I just say the fact that Cody did not know what cerebral meant fully makes sense, because he's not a cerebral person. <laughs> hey, at least he was honest about it. He could have just gone with it. You know what I there mean? There was no way he could not be honest about it, because his face shifted. Like, he was trying to figure it out. Like, his little uh, data processor was going... Beep, 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 beep. Oh, but I'm saying, he still could have lied about it, regardless of Okay. That. I don't think he could have played that off. But I agree with you. He could have lied about it. And uh, X ends up referencing maybe Franzel to being with them. But then, you know, the name of Taylor was floated about, especially after Cody chatted with her. And, and he was sort of like, keep your enemies close type of that situation. Because if they ended up at Santa's showdown, Taylor would have been forced to play and this, that, or the other, whatever, whatever, whatever. At the end of it all, Cody makes his announcement and he ends up picking the ones that I referenced. He ends up picking Franzel. He ends up picking uh, Frank, as he pronounces it, and he ends up picking Xavier. So that leaves Brittany, Danielle, Josh, and Taylor together. And this was after, first of all, uh, Brittany uh, was basically using her kids to get on Cody's team, and Danielle basically begged <laughs> to be on Cody's team. It was wonderful. I mean, they wanted the safety. They wanted the protection. Now, Cody ends up selecting Taylor to be on the naughty list. I mean, come on. I mean, it was obvious. I mean, she, she even said it, you know. I, I was a dumbass and was saying his name, but you know what? You know, I gotta, I gotta take my licks when I get them. 
So let's talk about this. Let's talk about the strategy. Let's talk about the teams. Did Cody make the right decision? We obviously know what ends up happening, so let's not taint that with, with our analysis. But what do we think of the, the strategy and the choices? So there was a massive power. Like, they finally gave, like, a real power. Like, this, this was huge. advantage. Yes, like, I agree. Like, this is the type I thought Brittany should have gotten yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mentioned mute. This was good. It actually affected the game. We'll talk about that more. And, like, has a real, real advantage and disadvantage. I'm like, okay, awesome. And then I kind of figured he was going to pick Frankie. I knew he was going to go male dominant because you don't know what the – and that's the beauty. I love the fact that it wasn't uh, – they don't know what the game is. Right? It's just you got to pick teams. And so he went the typical. You're going to go strong because you assume it's going to be more physical, right, than mental, more times than not. That's what the challenge is in any reality game show. So when he picked X, I was like, good choice. He also trusts him. Frankie, obviously, I knew he wouldn't go Josh, just because I know he doesn't have that closeness with him. And I almost thought for a second he might pick uh, Taylor, because he brought up good points where if we lose, well, at least she's down here, right? So at least she falls with us, and he thinks he can beat her out, which you never know. But he ends up picking Franzo. So he essentially picks his own team. It's a strong team, I think, um, challenge-wise. Like, I saw that. I was like, man, I'll be honest. I'm going to be very honest. I thought they were going to smoke the other team because, one, it was that's an all-star team, right? Franzo, that's an all-star team, like physically. And then you have uh, the disadvantage given to Taylor, who's on the other side of the team. Funny to see because I also crossed my mind, like, well, if you lose, you're going to – Lose one of your, you know, your people. And at the same yeah, time... Yeah, because it was BB-16 plus Xavier. Yes, and also, let's be honest, and I give props to Cody on this aspect. I feel like he's dumb overall, but he drew the line in the sand because he knows where the game is. This is basically the end. They're going to jury, you know, so to speak. You know what I mean? Because there's only eight left. So he picked his team to go at it. And what I love the Big Brother... They're going ho-ho-home. They are, and they did what... Did you, did you watch the cha- uh, the Squid Games the challenge? I have not seen that yet. I recommend it. It was way better than I thought, and they did a great job telling a story. Like I was actually impressed. One thing I'm going to tell you it's a spoiler, not a huge spoiler. So if you, have you watched the original Squid Games? Yes. The, the show. Okay. You know how one of the games is tug of war. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in this thing. They kind of give hints on what the next game is going to be, and it follows the, the show, like, verbatim, like the game. So this next game is supposed to be, like, a tug of war. So, man, all the meatheads get together in the line, and then this weak team ends up going up against them, and they're like, man, we're going to get smoked. And it turns out to be a mental game instead. They had to change it because they didn't have the capacity to do an actual tug of war like the show because it was too dangerous and wasn't feasible. So they went a mental game, and they got destroyed. And what I liked was Big Brother didn't tell you what kind of game it was going to be. And I feel like that was, to me, what made the show even better for Big Brother, that they did that. I don't know if you agree or disagree. I know you're going to talk about it right now, but after you tell us what it is, give me your thoughts on the direction Big Brother decided to go on the game for team versus team. All right, so let's get into it. You know, interesting team setups. I mean, it really was, I mean, I think it was said, you know, they were there was the Misfit team, and there was the All-Star team. Yeah, I will say also Josh being offended that he wasn't selected to be on the All-Star team. I love that. A little so, bit of old Josh came through that. A little bit. session. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. And actually, I will say this, he was entertaining in the diary room sessions. It, it, 
it, it did. Even when he mentioned me balls, which kind of gave me PTSD to his season, um, it, it was still he was still entertaining. I'm still enjoying Josh, and even I mean I think we're all shining bright like Frankie. But anyway, so. <laughs> Let's get into the Jingle Bell Brawl. So, the Candy Cane Forest it has been transformed into Sansa's Village. And basically, this is a balancing type of competition. There are four, let's just be honest, Charlie Brown's style Christmas trees. And what they have to do is they have to balance ornaments on the branches. Some of the branches are sort of different lengths and um they they are the, the the ornaments are different weights and so you have to balance them properly. There are four trees and they all have to be properly balanced. Unfortunately for Taylor and Taylor's team of misfits, uh, Taylor has to decorate a teeny tiny tree with ornaments. Fortunately it looked like it was I don't know if she had to balance them. Um it looked like she was just putting them on, but she had to completely decorate the tree with all the ornaments that she has before they could even start. So technically, you know, uh, the All-Stars, I mean, they have a, a bit of a head start. Unfortunately, though, well, I should also say this. Uh, they all they each have to do one by one, uh, so they each get their own tree, and they have to sort of pre-select who goes where. And uh, I will say both teams smartly selected some of the taller people with the larger wingspan to do the later trees because the, the later trees end up getting a, a little bit larger with their branches and and that sort of thing. Now, the All Stars have an advantage; they get to go first. But it wasn't really that advantageous to them, I will say, because the misfits caught up and it was a Christmas miracle. Because even the misfits were like, we're not going to win this. And then at one point, you know, when they started, you know, when they hyped themselves up, they're like, we're going to do this. We're going to beat them. Can you imagine? Well, we don't even have to imagine it because they do it. And they do it with ease. And unfortunately for the All-Stars, Xavier was sort of their weak point. Because X just couldn't figure out his tree. And it it was just, it was like, it was crazy. Like the poor dude. Like you could tell he was trying. Like he really wanted to do it. And it just, it was not working out for him. And once he finally got it... The Misfits were just way ahead, and they smoked the competition. Even with Josh at the end kind of fumbling and, and sort of um, doing it the wrong way, starting at the top instead of starting from the bottom, I mean, still, like, they just, they smoked them. It was a Christmas miracle. Let's talk about it. So, um, okay, wait, wait, what was your question? Oh, the uh, the mental, the fact that it was uh, more of a mental competition as yeah, opposed exactly. to, yes. that I love that. I love that we don't know what the competitions are. I mean, we know that the names. We know that there is the Naughty and Nice Challenge, and so far it's been kind of mental. We know that it, there's the Jingle Bell Brawl, and we know that there's Santa's Showdown. That's all that we know, and that's all that the you know Lodge guests know. As far as what the actual challenge is going to be, I love that it's a surprise, and I love that this one was much more of a mental competition. It was physical, yes, in a sense, but it was mental. You had to balance it. You had to have perfect balance. You had to properly place those ornaments. It was 
fantastic. Yeah, I loved this competition, and I loved that the Misfits won. Talk to me about it, Mr. Pena. Okay. First off, that disadvantage was cheap. I, they didn't balance it. It was literally putting it on a Christmas tree really quickly. I was like, damn, she's fast. I was like, oh, she didn't balance it. It's because you saw the tree. It was just there. So I thought they could have done a little better, but it's a head start's a head start, right? Especially it's huge in a, in a balancing game. But, man, they just got demolished. And let's be honest, that site was just bad. The All-Stars was bad. Franzo with her anxiety. Cody <laughs> with, poor you Franzo. know how she, he gets, he gets uh, in over his head and he just panics. And poor X, we found his weakness. He can't balance for shit. And I feel like he, you know, it gets harder when you know you're behind. And Even Frankie, who's usually a comp beast, was not really doing that good. Exactly. That's going to be frustrating, for sure. Like, 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 man, I can run in a minute. I can put these puzzles together in a second. It's like, but I can't balance this stupid thing. And when you're rushing like that, you, you have to stay calm. So I feel like this was even Danielle Ray's time to shine. Because she's a very calm, systematic, the way she does things. And it was a good point where they they – they thought they were out, the Misfits, but they kind of came roaring back in, and it was a total blow. And I love to see it because I, again, I thought the All-Stars with Xavier, Frankie, Cody, Franzo were going to destroy. I'll be straight up. And I love to see that I was completely caught off guard, and the way they did it was good because it's like you go one tree at a time, and that was kind of like their mentality of doing things. And the only reason, I want to bring it up, Josh started from the top, if you noticed, the other two started from the top. Like, Taylor had started from the top yeah. and went to the bottom, which is why Josh initially did that. And then you have Brittany kind of yelling, like, hey, you should go from the bottom up. And which, when I saw that the other team started to copy, that's essentially what they did. They ended up copying the style of what the first person did, and they just kept going, right, domino effect. But even I was like, you saw, I didn't notice initially, but the bottom of the base wavers, like the stick, like the middle part of the Yeah, tree. that last one was different. Right, right. and that's why I was like, okay. But even then, my mentality has always been like, you start from the bottom and work your way up. But I, I saw the, 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 the strategy of starting from the top to the bottom so you don't have to bump the top by accident, right? Or bump the bottom, excuse me, while you're putting stuff on top. So I can kind of see that. But it was funny when Brittany was telling Josh, hey, start from the bottom. She saw it, and then she was like, no, 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 no. No, it's, it's simple. It's the top, the top. You start from the top down. The diary session from Brittany was like, I'm giving you gift advice. Take it. Oh, yeah, I loved, yeah, I loved it. that. I love that. She was getting and so frustrated I, with Josh. Props to Josh because he's a giving crap. He does have intelligence, some intelligence because he was smart enough to be like, hey, let me just do the bottom. And then Tyler like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, 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 go ahead. And this is where I mentioned yesterday where she gets a little, you know, very into herself. You know what? That's her confidence. But the only positive I take out of the negative of the way she is, in a sense, is the fact that she plays a great villain. I'll take it, right? We don't have a real villain in this season, this short season. And I feel like she is kind of unintentionally becoming it with her brassness and cockiness and confidence. And you know what? More power to her. I'm not a fan of her specifically, but I'm a fan of the game that she's currently playing and the fact that she is true 100% to herself, and I can respect that, definitely. And it makes it more entertaining. And I like the fact that 
so everything is just like man tough but it was a great competition overall i love how happy josh was in the snow just chilling and it was cool and then i think you forgot to mention there was one special gift that the winners get to give to one of the losers yes break it down for me all right so it was wait, wait, hold on, hold on, just really quick. No, because I want to co-sign a couple things before before we move oh, on. Yeah, hold on, hold on, just half a second, half a second. Because I love that you're turning around on Taylor. I know that you have, you're not her biggest fan, but you are giving her her props and respect. I will also say this, as a fan of Taylor, I loved the, um, the self-awareness. You know, because she knew she was in the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, she knew she was going to get the naughty uh, disadvantage. Like, she knew it. Like, she knew it. She... Like, she said it herself. She was a dumbass. <laughs> and she said Cody's name, and this is going to catch up to her. So I love that she owned her messiness, because that was a little bit of messy gameplay. I will also say this. When she, like, dove into the snow and, like, whooshed it up in the air, that was amazing. Like, a meme was born there. Like, it was wonderful. Kind of like when, when uh, Frankie was prancing and, and nobody followed, but this time it wasn't cringe. So, all right, so go ahead. Now, let's talk about what the winners got from this Jingle Bell Brawl, because uh, Jordan sort of teased it earlier. She said, you know, that the winners are going to get something that, you know, they're going to have to do something in preparation for uh, Santa's showdown. What is it that happened, Mr. Pena? So as we come to find out, the winners are able to give a gift of essential safety to the losers. They're able to pick, decided as a group, one person from the losing team to not participate in Santa's showdown, which leads us now into the winning team, the Misfits, having conversations with each person individually. And man, I felt like personally we had a lot of great conversations, a lot of one-on-one, and a lot of information revealed, which is great because now we know the game is just going to keep ramping up. And before I say my piece, What were your thoughts on this gift-saving miracle, and what did you think of the conversations, and what information did you take away from that? I thought it was really neat. I mean, it's the inverse of giving someone, you know, the disadvantage. So now you're giving someone an advantage, and the advantage is that they do not have to compete in Santa's showdown. So I thought the uh, the concept was really good. I love that they all had to decide as a team because, you know, this episode they were playing as teams. Clearly, once you get to Santa Showdown, you're playing for yourself. So sending three out of the four from the opposing team, I thought was really, really interesting. In the beginning, I thought immediately that X was going to be safe. I really did. And when X did not get the safety... I mean, he took it He took it the hard way. You know what I'm saying? Like, he did. Like, he felt betrayed. <laughs> and he just kept on saying the same shit over and over in all his diary. I mean, the people that I thought I could trust. The people that I thought I could trust. The people that I thought I could trust. I was like, you know, sometimes you can't show your cards. I'm just saying. And everyone has faith in you. You know, I'm just saying as well in regards to that, too. But uh, the conversations were interesting. I mean, clearly, at the end of it all... I mean, they had to sort of glean just the fact that, um, you know, Frankie and Cody were are together, and that there there is something to BB-16. Like, the thing that I would have thought from the beginning, I would have just sent all of BB-16 
to Santa Showdown. You know, at least one of them gets removed from the game. They get to go ho ho home. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's disad um, it's disadvantageous to the rest of the house to have three people from the same season. I already bitch complained about that in the previous podcast, but I just want to reference it again. It's crazy that three people from the same exact season are in this damn house. It's different, like, let's say if, you know, it's 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 a player that has played multiple seasons, and so maybe they did one season with someone, but to be on the same season where they originally started, like, that's a little too much for me. So I personally would have sent all of BB-16 into um, Santa Showdown. But I kind of understand why they sent the three that they sent, you know, especially if you want to get Cody out. No, no, I, I completely sign off on everything you just said right now because this is a game where it it is comp-based. And these are comp-based. Let's be honest. Franzo's not a comp-based. She's very beatable. I feel like even more beatable now after being so many years removed from the game. And it yeah. made the most sense to go the direction that they did because I already knew from the beginning. All the girls already knew this too, regardless of what side they're playing on. You get rid of the strong people. Well, I thought it was Frankie, and I didn't say it yesterday, but I was thinking about it. It would be interesting to see that they get the strong people are going to pick each other off. And that's what's happening now. Because my initial thought was, I know you don't want to go against someone strong, but then you leave the opportunity for the quote-unquote weaker ones. They're not really weaker, but you know what I mean. When it comes to competition base, for the most part, like who's a comp beast, who isn't, who is more likely to win. And I would have picked them off knowing that those numbers grow. It still plays a very big part in taking you out because now it becomes a game where you have to just win showdowns. Frankie has to win showdowns. Now, Xavier's already proven this is the second one. I can almost guarantee he's going to be there again because why wouldn't he? He's only proving to win. He's going to have to win out essentially. And I love, I love, love, love that Xavier finally saw through it. He kind of saw through what Danielle had already thought. This, I am only in this group if it benefits me. And Xavier sees that he is very expendable because out of the four, he is the strongest mentally and physically as a combo, as a whole. And so you don't want to go against him in the end. Why would you? Seeing him talk about it and kind of bitch him on a little bit and him wake up, I hope it changes his game now to where if he does win or have a big advantage or gets to choose, he now goes after the smaller ones because they're coming after him. Now you have, what, three guys left? Yet two men leave. I can guarantee you the women are going to want to keep the women. Why? Because they feel they can beat each other, right? Mm-hmm. Really going to come down to boys versus girls now. Potentially. The the one hiccup is Franzel because she has never really been oh, a girl's yeah. She's girl. Always been carried. She likes to be carried to the end, yeah. She does. And let's be honest, I mean, I hate to say this, I think Cody likes to be carried to the end, too. Like, oh, the way that he was talking in this episode, he was like, oh, Frankie's my number one. And he was always talking about, Frankie, you know, he'll win, and this, that, and the other. And then he was like, well, if Frankie wasn't here, I would have teamed up with Xavier, because Xavier can win, and this, that, and I'm like, you wanted to be carried by Xavier. Like, you want your Derek. And unfortunately, Derek is not here to protect you. And we are seeing here in this game, much like we saw in the Traders, really what you can do as a player, which is not really that impressive. Unless Derek is there and you're his shadow 
and or if Derek pre-games for you and you enter BB22, you know, by having an alliance on not day one, but day negative 10, like you walked into the house with an alliance already built. So you already were benefiting from Derek's gameplay. Like, it's interesting, you know, because a lot of people think he's this big legend and this out of the other. And I feel like the traders in this sort of like have shown that Cody really isn't that good of a reality competition player. Yeah, I just read him for filth. He, but... he has a habit of, he wants to cling on to somebody. And that's mm-hmm. a pretty bad look, I think. It is a bad look, because that means you can't stand on your own two feet. Exactly, like you want people, you do form a team, but the first day, you, and that's a really good point, I never thought about that, until I think back on it, he's always thinking about, who can I team up with? Who's going to be with me? Who am I going to mm-hmm. be with? It's like, dude, how about you play your own game and play the field? Like, you need to use someone until it serves you. And apparently, like you said, he needs someone as an additional uh, head to his thought process, because apparently his doesn't earn that well, work that well, excuse me, it's Ooh. not very cerebral. As He's a, not cerebral, yes. <laughs> you know, to, to that aspect, and it's kind of sad to see, but it was good to see him go. Well, let's talk about how like, he leaves. Yeah, let's talk about the Santa showdown. We're jumping, we're jumping. But You're yeah, jumping. So it was, you were like a lord of leaping. We know who's going to show it down, and you're going to go into this one. It's another good comp. Yes. Okay, so Santa showdown. We're back inside of Santa's workshop. I love the Santa's workshop set. It, it, it is beautiful. Once again, budgets. There is a budget for this show. It's only six episodes, but there's a giant budget. So we're back in Santa's workshop. Xavier, as we know, is very offended that he, you know, he feels betrayed by his people. But he is there, as well as Shine Bright Like a Frankie and Cody. And we have a competition where the three that are competing in the showdown, they have to find the perfect present for five different kids and there are lists around the workshop that are very complicated you know it's like i would like a plush toy but i like a toy with a bow tie i don't like these colors i don't like these color for their eyes and this that or the other you know i don't like these amount of wheels i want this that or the other so it is a complicated list and there are multiple toys that could potentially fit the um, the categories, but there's only one that truly fits. So we saw the three of them running around the workshop, getting the toys. Some of the toys were actually really brilliant in, in how they fit the description. And the first person to buzz in was X. And then it was down to Shine Bright Like a Frankie and Cody and Frankie shined brightest. He ended up switching out one toy, and he got it in, and he ended up winning. So that means Cody is being sent ho-ho-home. He got to select a present from under the tree, and it was fruitcake. Which I will say, I actually kind of enjoy fruitcake. I don't think I would have wanted that as a gift, because there is a $5,000 check under the tree somewhere. I would want the check, but, um, yeah, I mean, fruitcake isn't that bad, but anyway, um, a lot of people are probably judging, but anywho. No, it's bad. Oh, okay, it's well, anyway, I don't bad. like eggnog, though. I know a lot of people like that. 
I don't mind eggnog. I'd rather not my favorite. I'd rather Latinx eggnog, which is called a coquito. That's much more delicious. It's got the oh, coconut yeah. in there. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, I will just say, I just want to throw this in because it made me laugh. When Frankie hopped on X and straddled him, <laughs> it just it made me laugh. It was so extra, so camp. And then he looked over and he saw his, like, womp, womp, Cody, and he felt a little bit bad, but still, it was funny, nonetheless. So let's talk about this. What an intricate competition. I mean, this was a physical competition because you had to rush and run around to, like, find the right thing, but this was really a... um a cerebral competition as well. I like this comp. Uh, it reminded me of, what's that show where the relatives, people related go on the show and you have to guess who they're related to? I forgot what the Jonas Brothers hosted. Anyway, oh, they have... um, oh, God. It's the celebrity one with the house. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called, but I know what you're talking That's about. That's where Tom Hanks is like, Don Tom Hanks' crazy. niece went crazy. Yes. Niece, there we go. It's funny. I saw that. But uh, Claim to fame. Claim to fame. In the last episode of the competition, they have clues, and they have to look for, through them through haystacks that may or may not go to each person. So this, I like this one a lot. This is a good comp, dude. I don't see why they don't have this one. This is one I really think would be a very good power of veto competition for sure. Or hell, even make it a HOH because... It's physical and mental. You got to run around. You got to look at it. And I saw a little theme with the toys. It kind of went like pink, pink, pink with a white airplane and then the telescope. I really like that. The telescope was kind of like out of nowhere. Yeah, that was so unique. It's a theme. And I feel like the only reason Frankie really got it because he saw what Xavier grabbed. Right. Because he, man, that was smart though, right? That's gameplay. I mean, I, that's why I'm surprised. What's his name? Uh, Cody. Didn't even do that. My eyes would have been like, who's grabbing what and how fast are they going? It was uh, interesting to see, like, the direction. And it it proves, man. Cody's not a thinker, like, at all. If you're, like, physical, you got to run, hang on. He has a shot. Not going to guarantee the win, right? But when it comes to, like, putting together your own personal game, fighting on your own, he comes up short. And it, hey, I'm not going to lie, though. I'm, I was impressed by Frankie. I already knew was strong, and when he has that chip on his shoulder and he's a little pissed, which he seems right because he feels like he's alone now, he went off, and then Frankie was kind of like right behind him. So I thought that was, that was cool. It was cool to see that, and I like to see that in the game. He wanted it interesting, and it looked like Cody had no shot. It looked like he got destroyed by those two, right? Yeah. I mean, once again, I mean, not to shit on the man even more, but I mean... He's not good at competitions as he's not as good as what we thought, you know, as, as what they were making him out to be. Like everybody was worried about Cody. I mean, the scariest thing about Cody is that he latches onto somebody and then that's who he uses as his personal shield to make it all the way to the end. I mean, that's all that Cody does. And uh, it didn't work out for him the first time because Derek ended up winning, rightfully so, because he was the mastermind. And it worked out, you know, the second time because, you know. He had this beautiful alliance already set up for him at the start of the season. So there you go. Uh, but, yeah, like, this was, it was amazing. He completely floundered. Like, it just flopping like a, like a fish. You know? Yeah. It was sad. Yeah. But it was not really. Flop. Yeah. On the floor. But hey, that's what it was. But that's what I'm liking about these games. It's kind of like, it's really testing you. 
and it's kind of showing who's going to survive and really go at it. And as I mentioned before, now we get to the, what, just uh, three more people need to be leaving before they have the final four kind of go at it for the grand prize. And it's it's really cool to see. It's going to see how these are going to shape up now because if X is smart, I'm, go, I'm already going to the future. It's a Thursday's episode. I feel he needs to take a shot at the girls because the boys are going to be picked off. Now, it's going to be interesting to see where Franzo ends up with the two and what uh, Josh wants to do. Because Josh feels betrayed because he wasn't picked. And then X feels betrayed. He wasn't saved by the supposed alliance. Because I thought that too. He had three of his supposed, you know, four-member group on the other team and they didn't choose him. They made the right choice, of course. But it leaves questions. It leaves doubt. And when you always have doubt, it starts to stir in your mind. And I had a quick question. And I haven't seen the answer yet. Are they sleeping there? No. Or are they just showing up the next day? They're showing up the next day. They're sleeping in their hotel room. They're making it seem of... like they're sleeping there, you know, by the, the yeah. editing and, oh, we're here in the morning and that kind of thing. I'm sure they were there in the morning, but, yeah, no, they weren't um, They weren't there yeah. all night. They would have showed the rooms and stuff. They would have showed more of that, but... I wonder I, if they are isolating them, though, where they're sleeping. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure they're all in the same hotel, but I, I wonder if they're told they can't hang out and that sort of thing so that alliances don't form and they don't pre-plan stuff. Like, I wonder like I wonder if that kind of stuff is being done. Very I don't know. Point. Yeah. I don't know, though. So I, I can't tell you. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I do wonder if... In the next episode, at the start, we're going to see uh, X and um, his group sort of having a conversation about, like, why they did what they did. Kind of like how Frankie did a conversation with X to be like, hey, we're good. You know, I think Frankie was sort of maybe fibbing a little bit, you know, but or at least, you know, he had the he had a justification as to why he had sent X to Santa's showdown in the premiere. So I wonder if we're going to see a conversation between the four of them that sort of maybe kind of smooths it over. At the end of the day, uh, you know, as you referenced, like Danielle is out for Danielle. And I don't think she really wants to be in a full alliance with past winners. I love that she is communicating with Brittany. Like, I think that's really neat. Like, that's almost like a nice little secret alliance that is working for me. I also loved how self-deprecating they were. They were like, oh, yeah, well, we are comp threats, and we're so tall. Like, that worked for me. And I even loved Franzel's, and I can't believe I'm going to give her a compliment. I loved her self-deprecating humor in the diary room when she talked about, like, nobody wants to hear me saying, have you heard my voice? Like, that was, it, it made me laugh. Yeah, she's always said that, though, poor Franzel. Like, let's give her this. She's not super cocky. She doesn't go high and mighty on herself. She, for the most part, she seems self-deprecating, like on herself a lot. Like, don't get me wrong; she talks the game and stuff. But for the most, like, it's not out of character for her. So it's kind of funny and sad at the same time when she does mention it. Well, there you go. All right, we'll see what ends up happening next time. I am hyped for it. I I wonder if X is gonna lean in with the guys a little bit more. If he will stick with his alliance. Um, yeah, I wonder what Josh is going to do. Like, it's going to be fascinating, because right now, you are right. We have had two guys leave. And it, this could be an all-female 
um, reindeer games for the finale. We're going to have to wait and see. I, I don't know what's going to end up happening. Will he shine bright like a Frankie? I don't know. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, Michael, was there anything else that you wanted to reference a tiny moment before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, there was one thing I actually want to mention real quickly from yesterday from Cam's blog. You brought up a good point, right? Had it been almost anybody else from this previous season, it might have been liked more. And I got to agree with you because I felt like if he was more likable, they would have kept him because he would have been a great uh, ace in the hole to have to kind of help a team member. Mm -hmm. Even a shield. Because if some people did have that anti-recency sentiment, he would be, in essence, a shield, too. Right, and that's where I felt like where Frankie could have taken, like, huge, Frankie and Cody, honestly, could have taken huge advantage of that and then have the girls kind of picked up, you know, use him rather than just getting rid of him because now I feel like you started this pattern of getting strong people out, not realizing, bro, and brodette, you guys are the strong people. You're taking yourself out unintentionally, so to speak, because you fall into that category. I just thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. If it had been anybody else, I think they could have worked some magic. Unfortunately, I think, I, it was man, I think they should have gone Heisem. Heisem? Like, I think Heisem would have been liked. And I and, think, and I think yeah. so, too. I think the girls would have loved him. And I think, I, man, I would love to see Frankie and Heisem. Let's see if they would have done a duo just because, you know, they're very outgoing, but they're very tough when it comes to comps and the way they speak, and they're kind of very direct. Except I feel like Frankie's a little sneakier the way he speaks and Heisem is just in your face. <laughs> yeah. And could you imagine if it had been Rachel instead of Franzel? Although this would have been the oh. second now, the second show in which Rachel and Cody would have been together. Because they were Honestly, on the traders together. I, I would have taken out Cody and uh, Franzel. I would have preferred like even a KC and Rachel. You know? Like, give me some people that are likable and more comp. Yeah, I'm done with Cody. Like, I don't need Cody. Like, out of all of them, I think he bothers me the most because he doesn't bring anything new. It's all rehashed or someone else's. You know, Josh is Josh. Everyone is kind of themselves to where Cody is all perception. He's all talk. Kind of like the Meow Meow. I forget his real name. Nobody wants to remember his real name. Yeah, he did horrible on the challenge. He's such a quitter, dude. That's another leech, unfortunately. Well, yeah. Well, he latched on to Cody. But anyway... All right, so Cody has been sent ho-ho-home. I just wanted to say that again. And on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Expect the Unexpected Reindeer Games. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Thanks, announcer. My co-host, please wish the listeners a very merry good night. Good night, people, and have a merry holiday. 
Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to Expect the Unexpected, Reindeer Games, via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppyjewelradio.com slash archives. Good night, and happy holidays.